0: Blessings, this is Pastor Larry Inclan with Living 412. Today I have uh, my wife with me, Sarita Inclan. Hola. Uh, We just want to get right into it. We had an amazing, amazing weekend. Um, We had the honor of being able to fellowship with Antonio and Joel and uh, their uh, group, Labranza. It's a, a Latin Uh, I can't even call it Latin because I know they do some English stuff too but Mm -hmm. they do um, worship with a tropical twist which is awesome Um, so they do a lot of salsa and um, just Spanish style worship that's very fun very spirit filled and they had their Christmas concert uh, in Delaware we went we had fun it was uh, great to see them and as well as uh, new people that they introduced. They had a, a, a new group that opened up.
1: Well, new to us, uh, yeah. New to us, yeah. Mm-hmm. New to
0: us that we had not seen a beautiful, amazing anointed voices. Um, so we had a blast. And then uh, Sunday we were able to celebrate my 80s, my grandmother's 87th birth- birthday. So uh, yes. praise God for that. That was awesome. I got Hello. to see some family. But now we are back at it and are ready to... Uh, deliver this word. Uh we also just came off of um doing a uh what do you call it? I guess uh well, I think I mentioned it last week, right? Uh with Sister Carrie in in Pennsylvania just doing oh, yeah. the uh uh I guess rediscovering Jesus um through the book of Luke uh one on one, chapter by chapter. And we had chapter 13 today. Which is
1: something I think you're going to be doing every week right
0: uh every well she's doing it every day i'm doing every monday with her yeah uh, so i think we have two mondays left nice if i'm not mistaken so we'll be at it again next monday around 1 p.m on her facebook and i'll share it as well mm-hmm. so you guys get to enjoy but uh going off of that uh i'd like to stick with chapter 13 uh in the book of luke we were Speaking specifically about this chapter and the key points of it, things that stood out to us, things that uh, are, I guess, God is just leading us to call to attention at this precise moment. And there's several topics that are being spoken of in this chapter Uh, when you read it. It's uh, the first portion of it from verse one to about eight. It's about uh, repent or perish. Then um, from 10 to about 17, it's Jesus heals a a crippled woman on the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. Um, Then it continues with the parables of the mustard seed and the yeast, the narrow door, and Jesus, uh, his sorrow for Jerusalem. Uh, I believe today we wanted to specifically talk about uh, the crippled woman. I think you said you you wanted to. Stay on that for a little bit, right?
1: I did.
0: So what we were talking about with Sister Carrie, um, so Jesus, it says that uh, in verse 10 that he was again on the Sabbath Mm -hmm. teaching in one of the synagogues. Now, if you have been watching or listening to us, I should say, or or even watching online, um, I mentioned that there was a previous instance here in the book of Luke as well. Where Jesus was in the synagogue and he also performed a healing miracle and uh, it was on the Sabbath so the Pharisees are frustrated they were upset there is it says in the scriptures that they were indignant they just had it they're looking for something to basically say Jesus we got you you're you're breaking the law you're doing what you're not supposed to do you're f- a false teacher, fake prophet, whatever they w- had in their minds, I don't know what it is, but they just they didn't they didn't like him they didn't like that he, he was such a good man that he was so compassionate, so loving, and it it, it irked their souls <laughs> like we <laughs> like to say right it just uh, it just boiled their That's blood like that usually this
1: man, my my go to right it irked
0: my <laughs> soul <laughs> but they But he was just filled with love and compassion for all types of people, Mm -hmm. including the ones that these Pharisees did not believe were worthy to receive this love and compassion and and healing. And and for them, it was
1: infuriating. What is it that it it says it in the Bible infuriating? (laughs) Yeah, they were
0: indignant. They were just they they were mad. Yeah. So they were looking for any excuse, any reason. They try to bait him. They try to entrap him to finally get rid of this man like man he's yeah. a, but the, the funny part is they were acknowledging who he was mm-hmm. indirectly so they they hate him they know he's healing mm-hmm. they know he's teaching but they don't like it you know they don't want anybody overstepping their authority yeah um their worth but that's not what Jesus was trying to do he was Well I mean
1: if you think about it they've been practicing these things for so long mm-hmm whole long i'm talking yeah that to them it was like here's this guy coming out of like nazareth (laughs) like he's this guy like he's just like a carpenter's son and he's acting like he's the son of like the direct son he's like talking that he's the direct son of god and then all of a sudden like where are all these miracles coming from and we never even imagined that this guy that we've been reading about would look like him would come from these people. Like, I mean, we read about it, we know about it, but come on, you know, like it was, it was probably so difficult for them to believe because he did not look or act like them. And See? And that's the thing. So like if you're for all these years following a specific, like, you know, quote unquote protocol as to what a Christian is supposed to look like, and then here comes this guy that doesn't look nothing like them and doesn't do any of the things that they do, so of course, it's gonna be natural for them to question it and be like, "We question his credibility yeah. it's that but but again, is that word natural yeah and <laughs> and they were the
0: types that. They would showboat. I mean, they, they had hats that were extremely large to put scriptures on it just to show, like, hey, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, he is born in a manger. He is the carpenter's son. Mm-hmm. He humbled himself off of heaven and came down to us, and they exalt themselves. So there's it's night and day, and yet they see him perform miracles, and they hate it because it says – that they knew he was performing the miracles,
1: and that's what brings me to the point of this woman, this crippled woman, um, because when you were speaking about her, you had mentioned what her crippledness looked like, mm-hmm. right? And um, I believe you said that she was—I'm—I'm I'm probably going to say it wrong—but that she was hovered or hunched. Was it hunched? Yeah, or she
0: was. It? She's she had been crippled by a uh, by a spirit for eighteen years. Obviously, it was. It was a uh, not a good spirit, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it it made her be bent over that she was basically like, I don't want to say the wrong term, but like hunchback. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all is what the scriptures tell so us. So basically
1: straighten up. So if you picture that or imagine that, we're, well at least when you mentioned that I pictured someone who is completely hunched to the point where the only thing that they can see is it's just... The floor, and that's where that that natural word comes from. Uh, well, not word, but the emphasis that I put into that word because it was like, like I said, the Pharisees looked at Jesus and were just like, "This is so unnatural. This is not what we are normal, what we normally practice." Here you have this example of this woman who is crippled and facing the ground, and I equate that to us focused and pay and paying cl- more attention to the things to the physical tangible things of this earth being consumed with the things of this earth and not doing what the bible says which is setting our minds and our sight and everything on things above and that was why it just ministered to me when you were speaking about that because we get consumed and i'm telling you you know me people you know every time i say we i don't just mean you or people in general i'm talking when i say we it's because i'm including myself we get consumed on a day-to-day And we become and we can become these christians that cannot wait until sunday cannot wait until that revival service cannot wait until you know our Tuesdays, Thursdays, Sunday services. You know, however it is that you guys do it. Uh, but you know, we can't wait to get into the congregation. So this way we can get filled and pray and read the word and just, you know, get empowered. and And it's like it's like a power source. You know, I can't wait to get juiced up so that way the rest of the week I'm full and I, <laughs> and I can do you know what i got to do for the week to survive it's almost the same concept as working how is it that they say it babe that we always we always uh used to say you you work to live not, not live, live to work yeah right and it's like you know the same concept as you worship to survive the week you pray to survive the week you read the word to survive the week on sundays <laughs> or you get together on Sundays to survive the week. And it, and it's not, I don't, I don't feel as though that is enough. It's no one, no one says that doing a service on Sundays or Tuesdays or Thursdays or anything like that, you know, is not a good thing to do. We're, we are supposed to get together and f- with our fellow brother and sisters for the fellowship, for the breaking of bread, to worship, to honor God, and and also to fill each other's needs. So we're big on that. We're big on getting together. We're big on that. But more so than that, it's so important that we recognize what it is that we live for, what it is that we were born again for. What was the purpose of being born again? Why am I born again? Am I born again just so that I can say I'm a Christian and go to, to services and go to conferences and go to camps and go to this and go to that and get filled and, you know, and have a, a lot of content? And, and, and then, you know yeah, and be close to God. Yes, we want to be close to God. But when you get close to God and when you're there with him, What's next? What's next? What What is our calling? And I think about this woman that was hunched over and she had a need, right? She just wanted this healing. She was bent over. She couldn't straight, straighten up. And when Jesus saw her, he called her forward so it it's, it's interesting because i'm pretty sure she had this need to want to be healed but she wasn't there it doesn't specify whether if she was there with that purpose like they say with the woman of of ish, the issue of blood you know that verse specifically says she was there to look for her healing it doesn't specify in this verse whether if this woman was there purposely seeking healing Or if she was just there because she wanted to hear him. Or she was just there just because she wanted to actually be around him in his presence, right? But yet Jesus sees her and he feels compelled to call her forward. And so we as Christians, we are so, we are desiring so much to be close to him, to be close to him, to be close to him. And when we finally get to be close to him, he calls us to feel that compassion to look around and say and look to see who is is in need and bring them closer to. And let Jesus do what he has to do in a person. You know, I, I think about that when I see when I see this picture, there's so much more. Obviously, that we can think about, but that's one of the things that stood out for me in this story when it came to this woman and her position, her physical position
0: yeah and and the fact that he saw her, you No, know, she didn't uh, she didn't try to approach Jesus, it's not what it says, yeah, it says that when he saw her, he called her forward just like you said that is uh what you know, Sister Carrie and I were talking about that, you know, putting yourself within close proximity for something to happen. You know, she had her infirmities. She had this issue for 18 years, but yet she finds herself at the synagogue. You know, what are we doing? What do we do when we are not well, when we're going through it, when we're struggling? Do we fold and say, I'm not doing anything or do you go look for the master whether she was there for him or not like you said we don't know but the fact that she was in the synagogue itself leads me to believe that she still had some faith because if you didn't have any faith and and you didn't believe that you could be healed you probably would have just stayed home Mm -hmm. what's the point right if nothing happens after 18 years but yet we find her
1: there
0: we find her there can it be that she heard that the master was in town and because it says that he had been traveling from different places if you leave if you read the book of luke he's going to different places and this one it says that on a specific sabbath on a sabbath he was teaching at one of the synagogues and in a previous verse we uh, previous chapter we saw that he was in another synagogue as well so he's active so Can she perhaps in her mind say, maybe I can catch him this Sunday Mm -hmm. or this Sabbath, I should say, this Sabbath, or can it be that that's her custom that I'm going anyways, it doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter that I am dealing with 18 years worth of infirmity. My place is to be at the synagogue.
1: And isn't that how it is in our most desperate moments, in our most darkest moments, when we're just desperate and we feel like I, we've tried it all, I've tried it all I've tried everything I could he's like just come to me
0: yeah.
1: and when and when you come to him he, it says there he said to her woman, you are set free from your infirmity and then it says then he put his hands on her And immediately she straightened up and praised God. She didn't ask him, can you heal me? No. And he didn't approach her like he's approached other people and said, do you want want to be (laughs) healed? Yep. He told her, woman, you are set free from your infirmity.
0: Yeah, that's so amazing.
1: Because just, just because you came to me, And you didn't ask me for anything. You just wanted to be near to me. Because you just wanted to be near to me. I offer you something that you have been desiring for so long. I offer it to you. I'm not even going to ask you. I'm just going to give it to you. And she received it because had she not received it, she would not have been immediately straightened up. But because of the fact that she received it, immediately she straightened up. And I know you were talking about that with Carrie and saying, you know, that some healing is immediate. And I loved that you said some healing is it takes time. But 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 you said the reason why. And you said it's because of our faith, because it depends on how much we allow God to do. It depends on how and 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 hear me, because we are not here to judge you. We are not here to tell you that just because you have the faith of a mustard seed that and and your process is taking you this this long that we're going to judge you based on that and say, oh, you don't have Jesus because your process is taking too long. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because for that, you can cancel me. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, and I gave my example of how yes, we, uh, my process took long too at first. Yes, yeah.
1: so it's not that, but what we are saying is just because of our humanity, just because because we, I'm stubborn. I'm I'm stubborn. Sarita is stubborn, <laughs> and it takes me long for me to receive things from God, and it's unfortunate, but it does. But although it's it it takes me long. I praise the Lord, like it says there, how she did straightened up and praised God. I praise God through it all. I praise God through my darkest moments. I praise God in in the most difficult moments. So my kids used to tell me, are you talking to God right now (laughs) while I was driving in the car? (laughs) Because I would just be talking to him like, really? I really just want to say something right now, but I can't. And you know? And that's just how it is. That's that's what a relationship with God looks like when you can praise him and not as in like that you're literally stopping and you're making this big service. No, that you're just in that moment just saying, thank you, God, because even though I just finished doubting you, I thank you because I know I'm going to learn from this. Simple things like that. Yeah, but it's a matter of the faith that we have and we place in God that's really what it is my my beautiful brothers and sisters it's the faith that you place in God the belief that you place in God what that will determine how immediate that healing or that restoration is that you need when it comes to healing restoration and things that are going to bring us closer to God there is nothing that God will not do for you when it comes to our desires in other words i want this god that's where it says make your petitions right known unto god through prayer and thanksgiving <laughs> and 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 according to his will as long as it's giving him the glory as long as it's going to be A benefit to to you through his kingdom. He will give you the the desires of your heart. He knows the desires of your heart. But he also knows the timing. When it's going to be beneficial for you. When it's not so. All of this is, is just encompassed in this story right here. Because if you think about it. He didn't have to mention that she had this spirit for 18 years so even timing God has timing the perfect timing for everything in mind because he knows if I heal her here she she it might not be as impactful and 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 the testimony might not be as impactful as it needs to be what if the, pha- the the it didn't happen in the place where it happened in the synagogue? What if it, he would have healed her someplace else? Would it be ha- would it have been a a moment for the 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 people who were indignant? Would it have been for, would they would he have been able to testify to them the way that he did? See, so timing is always going to be very important to God as well. Yeah. The 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 season in your life. It's going to be important because it's going to, it's, it all is for the benefit of his kingdom. And when we say the benefit of his kingdom, we're not talking about giving, giving that God is a selfish God and he just wants everything. No, on the contrary, it's so that he can fill his kingdom with the people that are here. Yeah, on and
0: he'll work things for good. Amen. And that's what we have to learn and rely on knowing that he is there on our behalf. He's there. Um, ready and willing to be our advocate, our counselor, um, to go before us. So one of the things we mentioned that it's hard for someone that has never had a relationship with Jesus to understand that. Yes. And this is why I'm so happy that you mentioned that. We're not here to judge anyone through your process. It's It would be unfair of us because we all had our own processes. And and unfortunately, some of the churches and leadership, leadership and um, they tend to become judgmental sometimes. And we hurt people instead of love on them mm-hmm. and not understand. You know, we don't understand that they have a process that they're going through and it's their own. It's no one else's. So just because you received your healing in an instant doesn't mean that I had to receive mine the same way. So we have to be uh, understanding that some people may have a longer route. Than we may have. At the same time, some people may have a quicker route than we have, or, or we had. And instead of being jealous of that route, saying, "Man, how did he get to that mm-hmm. from point A to point <laughs> B so fast, and that yeah. took me forever," we can't even be jealous about that. We should no. praise God and say, "Lord, thank you because you have blessed them in such a way. You have helped them through it. You got them off of this. You did that." And and rejoice the same way the woman did. We should rejoice with our brothers and sisters in their um, victories, even if it's small or if it's big. But I love that the Lord was not afraid, even though he was being persecuted, even though he knew that the eyes were already on him. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: He knew that they were looking for something to entrap him with, something to say, you see, we got you, Jesus, you're breaking the law. Um, And, you know they're they were mad they were indignant that he was healing on the sabbath and uh they specifically said there's six days to work so come and be healed on those days not on the sabbath like hmm. really
1: yes they did say that like, really are you serious
0: <laughs> you, oh, your healing can wait another day no but what that is that's just ridiculous but that's how they were but the lord just very plainly he just says you guys are hypocrites don't each of you On the Sabbath, might I add, untie your ox and donkey from the stall and lead it out to give water. So, yeah, so you could go work and do that, right? But I can't heal on the Sabbath. So what your 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 animals and your needs are more important than the need of this woman. That's not correct. So he's saying she who is a daughter of Abraham, who Satan has kept her hostage in a. Hostile position, looking down instead of looking up. She has no way to rejoice looking up, looking up to the heavens. She's looking downcast, down. That's that's a horrible position to be in for 18 long years. But yet, because it's the Sabbath, you she can't be unbound. She Mm -hmm. can't be loosed from this infirmity. Mm -hmm. So all of them stayed quiet. It says that at this time, his opponents were all humiliated. <laughs> they were all humiliated. And all he did was give them a comparison. All right, but you guys can feed your animals and you can do this and that, but that's not breaking the law, right? But the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. So the religious folks were mad, angry. Because their religious mentality said you can't do this, but they weren't looking at what they were doing. But the people saw wow, this man has compassion. You see? This man loves. And that's why this I said man timing. doesn't judge. Mm-hmm. This man cares. This man is showing us something different. Yes. While these people are trying to entrap us into this guilt. But this man comes to save, to heal mm-hmm. without conditions. Without the worry of a day, without the worry of, of of, of you know, the religious aspect of this. He doesn't come, you know, with a high hat like some of these priests do. Yeah. With scriptures writ- written on it.
1: Yeah.
0: It is amazing.
1: And who amazing condemn you? Who condemn you because you don't look like them? Yeah. And 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 you don't do things like them and you don't act like them. This is what he was dealing with at that moment. And that's what the people were seeing. And that's what the people were experiencing. And that's why people were saying, and and again, I'm talking about the the Bible, what what we're we're reading right now. That's why they were like, I don't want to be a part of that. Why would I want to be a part of that? I don't want to look like that. I don't want to act like that. And when they saw Jesus and what he had just done and how he defended. Yeah, it's like. They their eyes were opened, and suddenly they were just like, "Wow, this is this is real." And it says it in the Bible in Romans chapter, uh, tr- Romans chapter eight, verse thirty four. It says, "Who who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us." And the Bible says that. No one comes to the Father except through Mm -hmm. me, Jesus said. No one comes to the Father except through me. So how are we supposed to bring those people that you were talking about that you said they don't know how to run to the Father? How do we do that? How do we bring them to Jesus? Us. That's right. So it says that Jesus, that Christ, is the one who's seated at the right hand of the Father interceding for us, so then we have to be the interceders to bring them to Jesus. And so this is why it's so important. Not so much for you to get it right, brothers and sisters. It's so that you can just don't be downcast. Don't don't be overwhelmed by the things in this world. I know it's hard. But we have something different that is carrying us through our day to day and that's that we ran to the father when we saw that we were trying it on our by our own strengths and it wasn't working we ran to the father and we saw something different we saw that although we have these these trials and tribulations and although we are hard pressed on every side but we will not be destroyed and we are not destroyed and because of that we rejoice and when we rejoice we recognize I can reach someone and bring them to Jesus, too. I can be that interceder. And so I encourage you to do that. Be the interceder for someone who needs it and bring them to the Father. Bring them to Jesus so that Jesus can bring them to the Father.
0: Yes. Amen. Amen. I love that. And if you're a young person listening right now, we encourage you to run to the Father. Forget about all these religious folks. Jesus was not for them. He was for you. He was for me, for imperfect people that simply wanted to get close to him. So I encourage you to run to the Father. If you need help, we're here for you. Send us a message. Give us a call. uh, DM us or whatever you guys are calling it nowadays. You can reach us on Facebook. Um, But we are here for you. We're here to pray for you. We're here to cry with you. We're here to help you in your walk. This has been Living for 12 Inclan Ministries. Thank you, my lovely wife, Sanita. We love we'll be with you again next week. God bless.